the end of the day, this is what I keep coming back to. I knew better than to go into that basement alone. Okay, I'm approaching 200 Main Street, Seattle, Washington, 98105. It's not a huge building, red brick. Google says it was built in 1902 as a schoolhouse, converted into an apartment in the mid-70s. Remarkable history. Jesus, are the tenants cool with their lobby being this dark? I don't have an apartment number, she just said- Wait, Gilrich? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't hear you come in. Samantha Dennison. Sam. What's with- you guys don't want to replace your bulbs or whatever? The lights are on. They're clearly not. I'm in one of three, down here. Sam's the one who invited me here. Tall, skinny, pale, stringy hair. Kind of looks like a kidnap victim. Only, there's no kidnapper. Her apartment's just as oppressively dim as the lobby. I already texted Maggie. She'll catch up with us when she's ready. Who's Maggie? She's actually the one who told me to reach out to you. She's in charge. In charge like president of the co-op or... I don't know. She's just like in charge. Let's... Get to it, then. You said this was... A hole, man. A real deep hole. I'm Blake Elridge, and this is Out of Sight. Okay, who am I, and why am I talking to you? Some of you might already know me from certain online forums. You're probably wondering why I made the leap to audio, so I'll make this as quick as I can. I am not nearly as interesting as the stories I'm here to tell. Most of us have at least one weird experience. That thing that just doesn't fit, that can't be explained according to the metrics of the possible. Lost time, weird sightings, hauntings, abductions other worlds. Years ago, I had my own brush with the incomprehensible, and it almost destroyed my life. Maybe someday I'll talk about it, but the point is, I survived. And there's something about experiences like that. They make you want to talk to other people with similar shit under their belts. You want to know you're not alone. So I started putting out feelers online. Tell me your stories. Doesn't matter how crazy they are. I'll listen. I'll believe you. And for a while, communicating on internet forums was enough. Until it wasn't anymore. Until I realized that what I really needed was to meet these people in real life. Sit with them while they told their stories. And share those stories with the world. So I teamed up with my partner and producer, Lazari. You might not always hear her, but she's nearby on every case. Together, we'll bring you tales of the creepy mysterious, and just plain weird. We're kicking off with the story of my first, I guess, house call. And like anything you do for the first time, you're going to make mistakes, sometimes really bad ones. Like I said, I knew better than to go in that basement alone. According to Sam, the first time she saw the hole was when her neighbor Nat showed it to her over the 4th of July weekend. So about six months ago. I remember because back then it was weird for me to be home during the day. Back then, but not now? Oh, I'm home every day now. Okay, so Nat found it, and then... He told Maggie, they told me, and we told everybody. Hold up. Everyone in the building? 
Everyone knows everyone. There's only a dozen or so apartments. Pretty tight-knit. Most of us go down there every day now. Every day? Hell yeah, man. You got something like this in your building, you visit it every chance you get. We got a wonder of the world down there. We're sure this isn't just a sinkhole or an old well? No way, man. No way. You ever seen a well with corners? It's rectangular. Like perfectly? Crazy, right? They're at perfect 90-degree angles. The sides, you know, we measured it one time. Eight feet long, six feet wide. And how deep? Now that is a good fucking question. A question the residents have tried various methods of answering. We started just tossing, like, pebbles and shit down the hole. They'd plink against the wall, but then they'd just get, like, swallowed up. So we started throwing bigger shit down there. Rocks and crap from the garden. We never heard anything hit bottom. And we sure as shit didn't see it. It's so fucking dark down there, man. Anything you drop in, once it falls the first five or ten feet, you can't see it anymore. Which led them to a more innovative approach. My buddy Marty had the idea to bring down his kid's favorite toy. This big light-up keyboard thing where if you press a button on it, it'd play nursery rhyme songs. We switch it on to one of its demo tracks. This one was Ode to Joy. And it lights up and starts playing and we toss it down the hole. Was that any different from... One big difference. Sight-wise, it was the same, or maybe a little longer because of the blinking lights. Like, we could see those from maybe 50 feet before they suddenly just vanished. But you know what didn't vanish? The music? Boom. Ode to joy. All the way down. For how long? I need to show you something in my bathroom. Uh... The bathroom's as dark as everywhere else in the building but not quite dark enough to hide that it hasn't been cleaned in some time. You can hear it other places, anywhere with exposed pipes, but it's best from the shower drain. What is? Climb on in. I haven't showered in a while, so it should be dry. Great. Just get your mic right up against the... What am I listening for? Just give it a second. Is that... steam? Or like faucets being turned on and other... Joyful, joyful, we adore you. What are you... Oh, to joy, man. This song from the keyboard? At first I thought I was imagining it, but other people hear it too. First it was just the people who were there when we threw it in, but now it's everybody. The whole building. Jesus. We hear it all the time. In white noise, fans, traffic, and dreams. I dream that song a lot. Maggie says it's like we gave the whole a gift, and it's trying to share that gift with all of us. Um, could I speak to Maggie? She knows you're here. I texted her. Or Nat, the guy who found it? Dunno. Depends on what Maggie says. Don't worry, she wants you to see it. I asked Sam if they'd reported this problem to the city, if maybe they could help. God, no. We haven't told anyone but you. Maggie's orders. Well, Jim Clark, but that was... Sorry, Jim Clark? The property manager. He went down to look at it a couple months ago, said he'd handle it, but we haven't heard anything since then. So he's the only other person outside this building you've told? Yeah, but with him it was before... Before... We knew it was important. You'll understand when you see it. How about now? What? Why don't we go see it now? 
It's just downstairs, right? Not till we hear back from Maggie. You serious? Sam, I gotta see this for myself. Not without Maggie. That's it. Stop asking. On my way out through the lobby, I see, just barely in the darkness, a door that looks like it leads to a stairwell and an elevator right next to it. But I also see people lurking near both of them. And I have the strongest feeling that if I approach that door or that elevator, someone will stop me. So until the mysterious Maggie gets in touch, I only have one lead. Jesus goddamn Christ. The hole? Jim Clark is in his 50s, and he doesn't have time for anyone's shit. He refuses to talk to me at first. He's worried I'm a journalist. But as soon as I say podcast, I guess he decides I'm a harmless joke. Sounds like you've been getting a lot of complaints about it. Oh, I wish it was complaints. I know how to handle complaints, but how do you handle people thanking you for a hole in their basement? They were thanking you? I would have shrugged it off if it was just the nuts like that Denison lady or Princess Maggie. But it was everybody after a while. I mean, what are the odds of that? You fill 14 different apartments with 14 different families. A a second grade teacher, uh, kids from the U, regular people. And everything seems normal for years. You think you got lucky. And then one day you find out they're all fucking crazy. I don't know, man. I I can understand being excited by something like this. Like, if you think there's a unique phenomenon right under your own... No, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Have you actually been down to the basement, son? Uh, no. They're kind of cagey about it. (laughs) Yeah, I bet they're fucking cagey. Why's that? There's no hole! What? There's no goddamn hole in the basement! I checked using my eyes. Hold up. You're you're saying... You go down to the laundry room across from the washing machine. It's just an empty, half-finished basement. You know what you won't see? A goddamn hole! So what? This is like some kind of group delusion? Or maybe... Do not fucking say the words carbon monoxide in this office. Okay. I had that place inspected months ago. No carbon monoxide, no lead poisoning, no mold. That building may be old, but it's safe. Huh, and I wonder... Shit, sorry. Sorry, I gotta take this. Thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah. Hello? Hey, Sam, I'm glad you... Uh, no, I'm just on... Oh, shit, she does? Yeah, no, I can... Give me ten minutes, I'm on my way. That's right, the mysterious Maggie wants to see me. So, Sam just says to meet them in the lobby. This is a mistake, isn't it? Don't answer that. It was rhetorical. Maggie Malloy is a charismatic redhead with a commanding presence. She and her boyfriend, Nat Worthington, catch me totally by surprise in the dark lobby. Shit. What is it with the light in this place? I think of it as a protective mechanism. Like ink from a squid. So, if the darkness is the ink, then the squid... Is what we're about to go see. Let's take the elevator. So, Nat, Sam tells me you're the one who discovered the hole. Oh, discovered? Makes it sound like I'm some great explorer. I was really just doing my laundry. You brought us a great gift, Nat. Never undervalue that. So, there's this door opposite the dryers in the basement, right? 
It's always been locked, I figured, you know. It's a storage space, cleaning supplies, or whatever. But one morning, I was doing my laundry, and I felt something. Like, if you could feel a whisper physically, feel it against your skin. Beautiful. And I turned around, and when I looked, the locked door was open. First time ever, just a couple of inches. At first I was scared, right? But I got closer, and it stopped being scary. It started being more new. So I pushed the door wide open, and I saw. I saw. <clears throat> I called Maggie right away. The elevator is taking forever to arrive, like it's stopping on every floor. I came down immediately. We just stood there, in the doorway, looking at it in awe, asking one another, what do we do now? But in a way, we already knew the answer. Tell everyone in the building. Why? Because we're neighbors. A circle of trust. And this was something most people never get to experience. A piece of the divine. Its shape alone could tell you that four-sided, perfect, holy. Two concrete, measurable dimensions, length and width. And a third, unknowable depth. Like the three faces of God. And that's something you must never keep away from the people it can benefit. Meaning, specifically... These people. The elevator is packed with people, some of whom I've seen around the building. Sam is front and center. All of them are staring at me. Uh, should we maybe take the stairs? They go to the same place, right? Make room, friends. We have a guest. And everyone else? Already waiting in the basement. So does everyone on this elevator live here except for me? I certainly hope so. No one else was invited. Why me? Listen. What is it? You don't hear it? Ode to joy, man. Ode to joy. It's time. Maggie tells me to follow her, as if I have a choice. Her neighbors are all around me, hurting me in one direction. I glance over at the stairwell, but it's too dark to see. The flashlight on my phone is barely making a dent. You okay, Blake? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shit, what's that? Relax, Blake. <laughs> Don't you know what dryers sound like? Dryers. <laughs> Cross from the locked door. Which would put it right over there. Dude, I can't even see where you're pointing. That's all right, Blake. We know where it is. What's in it? What's in the hole? What do you think? I don't know. You'll know when you see it, Blake. They always do. Right. Reach out your hand in front of you, slowly. What do you feel? What am I? 
Oh. What do you feel? A door, slightly open. Open it more. Open it all the way. But Blake. Huh? Enter slowly. We wouldn't want you to fall in. Are there other people in here? Our neighbors. They're forming a circle around the hole. Don't they need light? We know this room by heart, man. Several of them have mag lights, the only kind bright enough to see anything in here. Why aren't they turned on? They were waiting for you. And just like that, a half dozen light beams stabbed through the darkness, all pointing down. It takes me a minute to find the words. Oh my god. <laughs> Not the first time we've heard that, right? Uh, isn't it beautiful? I always think it feels lonely somehow. Lonely? Like it gets lonelier every time I visit. Why is it lonely? I come down here every day. We all do. For hours. Well, Sam, it needs something. What? To be closer to us. Closer than we can be right now. Well, shit, man. I want that, too. You're in luck. That's why Blake is here. Whoa. Hold up. What? It speaks to me, Blake. The whole... Do you know what it tells me? What? That we're not enough. Okay. Because there are only 24 of us here, as you can see. Maggie, I can't see a And 24's not enough. Not enough believers for it to hold us as close as it wants. It tells me it needs 25. Why didn't you say so? I could have found somebody. Who, Sam? Who would you find who wouldn't bring the entire world's dirty boots in here? It couldn't be just anyone, Sam. It had to be someone who is just like us. I really don't like where this conversation is going. I've read all your writing, Blake. In all the forums, every word. I knew, of all the people outside this building, you were someone who could walk into this room with an open heart. Uh-huh. Can I borrow one of the lights? Take mine, dude. But I don't point it downward. Instead, I swing it around slow in a circle, illuminating all their faces. How pale they all are. How sickly. The deep creases in their smiles, the wide, manic eyes. Like they're all listening to something I can't hear. Tonight is the night our quorum is achieved. Tonight we unlock the closeness it has sought with us for so long. Take my hand, Blake. And maybe it's a trick of the light. Maybe I'm so freaked out by all of this, I'm imagining it. But I swear, all of them just snap their heads up in unison and lock their eyes on me at the exact same time. They look eager now, predatory. Like I said, I knew better than to come into this basement alone. Just walk to me and take my hand. So I guess it's a good thing I didn't. Lazari, now! And just like that, one of the tenants stumbles into the guy next to him, like he's pushed by an invisible force. Then another, then another. For a second, the circle is tumbling like dominoes, and then chaos. There's someone else in here! Lazari, run! Stop it! Don't let him leave! Come on, come on, come on! Everybody, you! Stop it! 
anyone? Did I hurt anyone? Let me just get out of here, okay? No, tell me. Did I push anyone in the hole? You couldn't see? See what? They were packed in there, shoulder to shoulder. There was no hole. Laz, it was... It was just an unfinished room with a dirt floor. There was no hole there. I wasn't able to reach Jim Clark for a few weeks. He was never in his office. Finally, though, I tracked down his cell. Blake, of course I remember you. You changed my life. What? I think you have the wrong guy. Nonsense. What can I do for you? Okay, uh, the thing is, none of the people from that building have been posting on social media recently. I'm a little concerned. Hell, you should have called me earlier. I, I see them all the time. You do? Or did, I guess. Whenever I visited the hole. The... The hole that we had a meeting about. Jim, there's no hole in that basement. Of course there is. You... You're the one who helped me see that. Me? When you showed up, I figured I ought to go take another look, see if there was something I missed. And there it was. Hold up. Couldn't believe it myself, but sometimes it takes more than once to really see it. Jim. It gets lonely. You know, the whole... Now that the building's empty, I visit every day, but I... Don't think that's enough anymore. Hold up. What do you mean the building's empty? Yeah, once we got to 25 and the closeness happened one after another. I know their friends and relatives got all worked up about it, but I tell them, and I'll tell you. There's nothing to fear. The whole is special. It's... Son, I don't use this word a lot, but that whole is something sublime. Where are you right now? Just heading over to visit it. No, Jesus. Jim, don't go in there. Not to. It's an important day for me. Important day. It's my turn. Jim! Thank you, Blake, for everything. I called an anonymous tip-in to the local police, but I don't know if they ever sent anyone to check on him. I was in Kansas at the time, and driving back to Seattle wasn't feasible. I haven't heard from Jim Clark since. Weeks later, I looked up all the names I knew. Sam Dennison, Margaret Malloy, Nat Worthington. Missing, missing, missing. Jim Clark, missing. Is that last one on me? Did I send him into that hole? Except, there's no hole there. I saw for myself. So where did they all go? Or is the fact that I didn't see the hole The only reason I'm still alive? So that was my first house call. And despite how it turned out, I hope there's going to be a lot more. I don't know if it exposed me to something or what. I just know, somehow, my life's never going to be the same. As Lazari always says. You got to be careful opening doors. You never know if they're going to let in. You're probably wondering who Lazari is, why she sounds like that why none of the tenants saw her follow us into that basement. But that's her story, and it won't get told until she's ready. In the meantime, I've got a lot of invitations from a lot of people in a lot of strange, inexplicable situations. Let's tell their stories. Out of Sight. Created by Reflector Entertainment. 
Produced by Gideon Media. Written by Jessica Kincaid, directed by Jordana Williams, and starring Jorge Cordova and Reina DeCourcy. The executive producer is Alexander Amancio. The IP producer is Alexis Otier. Sound design by Bart Fassbender. Music by Yuchiro Oku. And additional writing by Mac Rogers. The executive producer for Gideon Media is Sean Williams. This episode also features Diana O, oh, Brian Silliman, Kelly Ray O'Donnell, and Nat Cassidy.